It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Big Browns victory win. Monday. We have a half a pitcher. Is there some symbolism that the glass is only half full? <laughs> no, nah, it's good. all the way full. And spill. Oh, Anthony said that a lot of times. Ten fifty nine. Anthony just said no. I was just running late. That's enough. That's yeah. all the Kool Aid we could fit in the jar right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, right hey, now. I don't care if it's half full or not. Eight and five. You're sitting in a nice, comfortable playoff spot, as comfortable as it can be, with five teams behind you at seven and six. That's nuts. This is a crazy NFL playoff six. season. I think it's six. It's six at seven. It five. goes down to it's eleven. You're right. Eleven. Think of that. There's sixteen teams in the division. In the yeah. division, eleven of them are seven and six or better. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Denver? Houston, Denver, all seven and six. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Cincinnati's currently in the ten. Buffalo's in the eleven. If you would have said coming into the season that those two teams, which were widely considered front runners, would be right now on the outside looking in and at 10 and 11, you wouldn't believe it. But a lot to get to today. First and foremost, a huge win. Let's do our shotgun intros. We'll start down with Bull. It was a great victory for the Browns. Uh, There's always complaints that people have after every win, which is, you know, we've gotten to the point now where there are people complaining about the win not being dominant enough or whatever. We're nitpicking. Yeah, it's crazy. The bottom line is Trevor Lawrence played. He didn't play a great game, but it wasn't because of the ankle. I don't. I, there's no way he had a high ankle sprain because he looked physically fine. Well, he never ran though. He only he, left yes, the pocket. He, did. Well, he, yeah, he, he, he ran a couple of times past the line of scrimmage. I know. He was but running around. I, he, I he thought was he moving. Was I just I never saw that burst that I'm willing to. Run I don't know. He ran a couple of times, maybe not as much. Whatever, but he looked like he was. Clo- hey, nobody's 100 percent this time of year. You got a million backup quarterbacks going. He was fine. The Browns played really well defensively. They didn't. The Jaguars didn't score a touch, have a touchdown drive of more than twenty-five yards until the fourth quarter, when the Browns had kind of, you know, put things under control. Even though it got nerve-wracking at the end, and isn't it poetic that the game essentially ends yesterday with Joe Flacco getting a win in Cleveland? And the last time Joe Flacco got a win in Cleveland, it was because the Jets got an onside kick. And in this game, his next win in Cleveland is when the Browns recovered an onside kick to not allow Jacksonville to get the ball. Uh, Flacco was very, very good in this game. The passing game leading the way because the Browns once vaunted running game, it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll agree on that one. You ain't going to catch me on this. And I told Mike behind behind the glass on a two-minute warning, I said, this is terrible. I got to go up there and see these other two jokers up there tell me about the run game. This is horrible. I'm going to argue that it doesn't suck. You know I am. (laughs) 
because there's one running back that's running it very well. He's just not touching it enough. We'll get no into that. We got plenty of time for that. Jay, your your instant reaction. You know, we're going to talk a lot about Joe Flacco today, but I, I just want to take a minute and tell you why I love the Flacco story so much. And it really sort of taught me a lesson in all of this because he didn't retire. He wasn't asked to come back. And so I think this really means something to him because he got thrown out of the club before he was ready. And so he was, he, he said yesterday, like, listen, I'm not great with words, but like, this is very meaningful to me because he's getting the walk up 18 now that he wasn't, he didn't get before. He didn't get a watch. He didn't get a cake. He was told you're not good enough. And that's just not true. And, and too many times when guys are out of the league, you know, I've made the comment of, well, they're, they're out for a reason. And that's not necessarily true. And I'm still going to stand by Kareem's on three wheels, but he has been a contributor to this team. He's filled a role, a very important, necessary role to this team. He's not the Kareem Hunt of the Kansas City days and even the early Cleveland days, and that's the point I was trying to make with that, and that's still true. But he's still holding a valuable role to this team, and now Flacco is as well. The touchdown leader, and and Joe's going to wind up leading this team in passing, by the way. He's about 600 yards to go. So the leading passer and the leading scorer in touchdowns both started the season on their couch. And they were given another opportunity, taking full advantage of it. So it's cool to see guys like that, that thought that their careers were over, get an opportunity to come back and, and get another run. And the Browns, it doesn't matter who's on the field. They always believe that they have enough. And that's an important culture tone that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski set this year of, you know, they made the comment that, like Ronnie Hickman is a, is a rookie. And and Cam Mitchell's a rookie, and Kevin said we don't have any rookies anymore. Like it is week fourteen. Yeah. There's no such thing as a rookie. And if you're next man up, you're expected to perform and produce. And and this is why that they're there because of all the injuries, and they they keep finding guys like Flacco, Kareem Hunt, Cam Mitchell, Ronnie Hickman, and they keep performing. And by the way, when is that ever? When's the last time the Browns had a team that next man up actually worked? Yeah, yeah. It's been a I long know. time. Yeah. It's yeah. not just. Next man up. It's yeah. next man up at the sport's biggest position. Yep. Also, I love the way you bundled Flacco and Hunt. Yeah. Because there are so many similarities in both these guys. You're right. They were told by 32 teams, not just to start the season, but a couple weeks into the season. And for Flacco, two-thirds of the way into the season, we're good. Stay home. How do you think the Jets feel right now? Aaron Rodgers goes no down kidding. in week one. They had him there last year. Absolutely. Yeah. And they said, no, we're going to go with... Zach Wilson. Well, he actually played a Simeon. really good game yesterday. He did. <laughs> he did, but, but at, one point, at one point, he's been benched. Had, if yeah, they, that's terrible. If he they called, played great. If they call Joe Flacco when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, what's the Jets' record today? Yeah, Where good are they question. Today? What you got, G? Well, first and foremost, man, shout out to Flacavelli. <laughs> the bird calls are in the game. Yeah, Flacavelli, I told you, 303 touchdowns. I had it on. I, I had it on on the uh, on, on the topics. You saw it on my headlines. You know exactly what it is. Hey, we'll get to Joe Flacco in a second. But by the way, listen, if we get over a thousand likes, no, two thousand likes, I'm gonna give this shirt away right here. King of the North, the one you're wearing. You're gonna wash it. No, sign this one and give it away. Sign, sign this one and give it away. That yeah, I, I like that put, idea. I gotta put it in a bag, and they don't want my signature. I, I just want the shirt. No, it's G. Bush's shirt. Sign it and give it away. We're not going to sign this and give this away. We're going to package it and give you a brand new one. I am keeping this one. (laughs) If you get 2,000 likes, I'm giving this away. And when you come to the barbershop coming up later on at 3 o'clock, I'm going to actually give away two more of these shirts. So go ahead. We we can do that. But let's get back to this game. Um, Listen, this has been so enjoyable for me because this this makes me feel like I'm a kid again. So often that we got to a point where everything was boiled down 
to just the quarterbacks and boil down to the lowest common denominator. Well, we forgot that in football, it's about 11 guys doing their job, all working on one accord, trying to work to a common goal. And at, at, at its core, that's what football is. And it just goes to show you that we hear so many times if Deshaun Watson is done, the Browns are done. Or if Josh Allen is done, they have no chance. The Cleveland Browns are showing you in real time, four different quarterbacks, that if you still got people that refuse to back down, refuse to say that we, we are finished and, and don't punt seasons, this is what can happen. Joe Flacco was on his couch, and there's something to be said about learning about your own mortality. The second you, you realize that nothing is, is guaranteed and you should, you should cherish every single day, Joe Flacco keeps saying, I said, I'm out here playing and I feel like a 10 year old kid. I feel like I'm out here just really like being out here, just being in a locker room with the guys, just being a dude that's part of something. And he said, I was watching these guys. Now I'm just thanking them for having me in. And, and, and the reality of it is without him getting cut from the Jets, I don't think he plays like he does today. I think it's all wrapped into one thing and it's a timeline that can only happen this way. This is a special team. This is a special time. And, and I, I, you know, I want to tell everybody, lock in, because I don't think you're going to see this very often. Don't be a person that, that is missing what's happening on the field in a special place because you're worried about all the outside stuff. The Cleveland Browns are for real. The Kool-Aid is for real. They've already drank it multiple times, and they believe that this team can beat anybody that they play. And it just goes to show you that they don't quit. They don't fall fall off. It may not be perfect. It may not be cute. But this is the funnest I've ever had watching the Cleveland Browns in my 42 years because of the attitude and the spirit they got because it shows you it's the some of the parts can be better or bigger or more special than just one person. Isn't part of the fun that it feels like they're playing with house money because there's been so many injuries Yeah, that it's like, you, if they went to the playoffs and lost in the first round, like you couldn't kill them. Look no. at what they've put up with to get here. On the other hand, you feel like they can just keep winning and winning. I, the Browns have the best strength of victory of any contender in the league. Think about it's, that, too. Let, let that marinate. Yeah. That's that's big. That's yeah. strength of schedule in, the, in college football. Dave, I, I think you're right about the house money thing, although I do have playoff expectations, and we can get to that later. Um I really, the only thing that I would add to what the three of you said, and, and I'm with you, this is the most fun I've had at least since the 20 season. I mean, mm-hmm. that uh, season was very fun too. That season was fun because that was the turnaround season. Yeah. That was the one that proved that actually there wasn't some sort of spiritual curse on the right. city of Cleveland and the Browns and all of that, and that they could win and they could go to the playoffs. And a, a win over the Steelers in the playoffs. I mean, it's going to be hard to top that this year, but um, I think this team has the ability to do that. For me, uh, we talked about, and you touched on the Flacco kind of sort of resurgence. We talked about when the Browns signed him about how sometimes a player views his career and his life once he thinks it's over. You and I talked about how when I was away from baseball for a number of years, I literally would have dreams of putting a uniform on again. I know you've told me Mm -hmm. you've had the same dreams where you're padding up, and you can hear the ambiance in the locker room and you feel the excitement of the game building and getting ready to run out of the tunnel and then you wake up. And that is a gut punch. It is the worst feeling you can have. Joe Flacco lived that every day for the 2023 season until his phone rang with, with Cleveland. I learned something this morning that I didn't know, and maybe you guys knew this. Ryan Clark this morning on Get Up 
mentioned that Joe Flacco auditioned for the inside the, the NFL. The Browns had If you want to hear it. Oh, you clipped that? Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Oh, okay. Steve, take a full. Play it. I, I didn't know that. It's the first I've heard this. Take a full. Let's hear it. One on Jacksonville. Three touchdowns for Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. What are we seeing here, RC? Well, I'll tell you a secret. Joe Flacco actually tried out and auditioned for Inside the NFL, which I host on Tuesday. I'm glad we didn't take him. Joe Flacco <laughs> is absolutely throwing the skin off of the football. And the one thing I When I heard that, I said, wait a minute. Ryan Clark, you're burying the lead. He hasn't said that all year. Right. Um, so for me, not that he couldn't have said, guys, I'm walking away, but he may have really liked his role inside the NFL. I think everybody would agree. It was kind of that mandatory watch for mm-hmm. NFL fans. He may have settled into that role and said, I really like this, and I don't want to tap out because if I tap out, I may not get this chair back. You're right. So I, that's... I, that was just a that was a mind blowing headline that I hadn't heard. I know Ryan. I know people on that show. I bet you in, behind it. the scenes. No one told me Flacco tried out. I bet you get it next time. Because <laughs> the story is elevating. <laughs> now, I, you know, when I heard, uh, we asked his high school coach about Joe's career, and I think he'd make a great coach. And his high school or his college, college coach, coach said yeah. he thought he'd make a good commentator. I have to I have to tell you. I'm not sure Joe Flacco would make a good commentator. No, I don't think so. I think he his said comments, yesterday he doesn't. He's not good with words. He's just he's good with words. If you parse the words and just read them on the paper, you're like, wow. But as you guys know, it's not about what you say; it's how you say it. And Joe Flacco, although he's smart, well spoken, he doesn't punch anything. And the problem with commentators like that is you can't separate. A really strong thought from Joe Flacco from a mid-thought from Joe Flacco because they're all delivered in a very even keel and you don't know what he really wants to stress. I don't personally think he'd make a good broadcaster. I'm thrilled that the folks at Inside the NFL thought that too. He makes a pretty good quarterback though. By the way, when the Browns signed Joe Flacco, I think we all said, maybe not G, but I, I know the rest of us all said, let's hope he doesn't have to play. Yeah. Right, I, I said that. We all said it. Yeah, I was excited. And and also, he, if you <laughs> go back to our week four conversation, we all were saying, "Why aren't you calling Joe Flacco?" Yeah. So I mean, but in the perfect world, you didn't want him to play, and now he's played very well. We'll see. Can he keep it up for the rest of the season? Who knows? Well, I love but the fact so far that he had to great. be asked yesterday in the news conference as he's yeah. your starter going forward. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, yeah. What you talking well, about? Anybody that's watching Browns football in 2023, that's not a question. The bigger question is, and this can be discussed, do you extend him for next year? Well, we'll get no, there in we a sec. We got two-year deal on the table, Arnie. <laughs> Why not? Why not? We found out this year just how important the backup quarterback is. Or we go back to P.J. Walker. I mean, I'm good if you guys want to do that. Yeah, okay. Mikey, yeah, yeah. we Our will talk plenty of Joe Flacco. Happy Victory Monday. We got so many winning FanDuel tickets that we're going to wow. spread them out throughout the week, and we're going to start with the biggest 
of the weekend, and we'll get to that in one sec. But first, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And shout out to my guy, Matt Kolker, who turned 50 bucks into 1500 bucks oh. this week. He had the Browns money line, Flacco over passing yards, Njoku over receiving yards, Cooper over receiving yards, Moore over receiving yards, Ford over receiving yards, and Flacco over half a touchdown. That turned 15, uh, $50 into just shy of 1500 so shout out to Matt. We got a ton of FanDuel tickets. We'll spread them out throughout the week. A lot of winners on the Browns. Kudos to you guys. Keep sending them to us. But, guys, Joe Flacco, let's grade the performance as we do every Monday when we play Monday morning quarterback. He was good against the Rams. Was he even better in your eyes against Jacksonville? No question. He was a lot better. I give him an A. Even his pick, guys, I thought wasn't on him. There was obviously contact uh, with the crosser. And he threw the ball where he was supposed to throw the ball. The receiver couldn't get there for mitigating factors. But take that pick out, two, you know, 26, 45, 311, three touchdowns. Hell yeah. I'm just surprised the QBR so low. But oh, the 26 of 45 is yep. not great. That dinged him. But again, but yeah. again, I counted at least four drops. And if, if he's 30 for 45. I hear you. But you can say that about every quarterback in every game. Yes, but the Browns yeah. lead the league in drops. And again, drops have been a problem. And, and I know you can't say that about every quarterback, but yeah. four drops gets you to 30, 45, which gets you to 67% completion. Well, I was surprised because I was looking at some of the advanced numbers in the last two weeks, his advanced metrics. I know we don't care about it because he, 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 on the eye test, he's playing well and they're winning. The advanced metrics don't like him. And I think it's the incompletions. The interceptions, the fumble, the fumble was on him yesterday. I was it talking was. to a couple of guys who felt yeah. like, you know, they and they called a great blitz, and they and the Browns didn't know if guys protect over there, and Joe has to recognize that and get the ball out a little bit right. faster. So the the fumble was on him, and so I think that's what dings him for on the on the analytics side and the advanced stat side, EPA and all that stuff. But the eye test is, he's a competent quarterback, and Kevin Stefanski has full faith in him Ooh. because he knows the ball is going to go to the right spot. You give him an A. Yeah, I'd give him an A. Yeah. You've got to factor in all these things. Yes. I mean, he's, he's 39 years old. He's been on the couch. He hasn't played consistently well in about eight years. He's not yet 39. January. Well, he'll be 39 right? in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. okay. And, so, and listen, as somebody yeah. in an advanced age, don't call yeah. me 50. All right. <laughs> I'm going to fight you every time on that. And it does, it, it feels like, I, at least I'm holding my breath, like, okay, can they squeeze another month out of him? Yeah. How long is this going to last? Right. Is this for real? Is the, is the final grains of sand going to fall through the hourglass? But to this point, he's given the best quarterback and the most consistent quarterback play of anyone. I know it's only two games, yeah. but again, Kevin knows where the ball's going. And you, you, know, you kind of laugh and say, well, yeah, he's our starter. No, you don't understand. Kevin Stefanski won't confirm what day of the week it is. And he said he hitched his horse to Joe Flacco for the rest of the season. Which is why I think it was it's such huge. a no-brain. I mean, you know, <laughs> you're right. Huge. He doesn't give you anything at all as to next week. You the could fact ask, that you he could said call, write it in pen, if essentially. You're, if you're on the record, you could call him up right now and say, Kevin, is today Monday? And he'd say, I'll check back. We'll yeah. check back. Yeah, we're going to circle back. We're going to talk about it. And I'll get back to you tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think know tomorrow. But it won't be you, Monday anymore. I think this shows you once again how good a coach Kevin Stefanski is. Well, we'll get more of that later. 
But it's definitely an A if you if you just factor in everything. He, has he been perfect? No. But look at he looks like a like the the offense has a rhythm and flow that we have not seen all year. Not not for back to back games. Not at all. Like it had a we had the Browns had a flow in the Titans game. The Browns had a good flow the second half against Baltimore. But for the most part, the offense has looked weird and looked. Disjointed. Like, yes, disjointed is a perfect word. But for two weeks, this offense has had great rhythm, and he's had great rhythm. He's not going to be perfect. He's 39 years old, and he wasn't that good at 32. So, of course, he's not going to be great all the time. But the majority of the time, the last two weeks, he's made the right throw and made the right decision. And that's all you can ask. He's done – forget it. He's done way more than you could have expected. Part of that's Kevin and the game planning, no doubt about it. But Joe Flacco deserves a ton of credit. Do you give him an A? Absolutely. Yeah. No no brainer. And real quick, the touchdown pass to David Bell, you know, we talked about it last week. I liken it to the, the goal line touchdown when he was with the Jets last year and they were in here when he read Get Grant up, it was in the wrong spot. He read the zero blitz. He yep. knew that it was open. He shaded just a little bit to the right and made the big throw. And the DB fell down, which helped. And, well, yeah, that always helps. And David yep. Bell took two and a half weeks to get into the end zone. But, hey, <laughs> he scored. He actually just scored. <laughs> Joe Flacco was faster running down. Like, no. look at the enthusiasm and the energy that Flacco has. His old ass is running down and the let me field. Tell you, all excited. He, listen, he's not – Lamar Jackson in the pocket. He can move better than I thought that he could. He, he's, yeah. been, he's been flushed a couple of times. Yep. And that I thought, one play, well, he all right. He Jason, there was that one play where it looked like he was going to get sacked. He was in and golf. He spun out yes. of it. He was in golf. And he ran over. I was like, damn, not Flacco can move he, a little bit. Not yeah, only, he's he, not running down the field. He had that, like, he, they came after the ball. He yeah. had that, the grip strength to hold on to the ball, the ability to stay on his feet. And I know exactly which play you're yeah. talking about. So he can move enough to keep himself alive. You're yeah. not going to be calling. You know, quarterback rollouts with him yeah. very often and all no. that. But he can he can keep plays alive at least and yeah. keep moving. He can move better than I thought that he could. And let's face it, it's just nice to see a quarterback who's six foot, whatever the hell he is. He, he looks like a big, he strong part, dude. Doesn't yeah. He, he He's looks a like the strong, yeah. big, tall pocket passer. Yeah. And the offense, you always complain, and it's a, it's a fair complaint. Why doesn't our offense look like NFL other NFL offense? It does. For the last two weeks, do. it has looked like a real NFL offense. That when you're at third and eight, you're not telling the punter get loose. You feel like at third and eight, you've got a chance with this guy. Yeah, I, I, listen, he's a throwback. Um, I'm gonna give him an A minus. Only reason I give him an A minus is because he, he had the fumble. I don't put the interception on him. But you know, he he reminds me of the times that you hang out with your grandfather, and you got a you know a mentor. They, they, they teach you, you know, man stuff like, okay, this is how, how to tie a knot. Tie a knot. Here, I'll tie your tie. Or you sit with him and he teach you how to grill. And he's, he's a man of very few words. Don't say much. But, but if you listen and you just sit and be quiet, you're going to learn something that you can use later on in your life. Joe Flacco is like one of those guys. So we're calling him Grandpa Joe. Yeah, now. Grandpa Joe is out here. Now, you look at what he's been able to do and why he's so successful. If you take a look at it, He's part of another generation. See, there's generations in quarterbacks, right? And one of the things that Joe Flacco is able to do, and when he can run play action, that is a lost art. It's like a lost science. People are like, oh, that's the mind. Calendar. Well, in this offense, it has been. It, it, well, it, because here's, I think it's in, in the league in general, because he does it so well because he's so deliberate. He, it's like he's moving in slow motion, and he wants that safety to see it. He wants that, that, that linebacker to see it. And when you can run play action like that, 
Now you give your receivers a couple extra seconds to get off the line of scrimmage, a couple extra seconds to get downfield to run their routes. And so Joe Flacco, to me, is a guy who, when you have that experience, it's like dancing. Kevin Stefanski don't have to tell him how to do the waltz or the two-step. He comes in right here, musically inclined, knows what to do, knows what the footsteps on the bootleg are supposed to look like. So now all Stefanski has to do is say, oh, <laughs> let's go ahead and run this because you like this. And the thing that makes it so impressive, when you look at his progressions, he has so much experience. You can, he can get to his first target. And if his first target is not there, he don't even have to look at two and three in a progression. Because he knows, oh, if that ain't there, I know what defense they're running, no swarm. And what he was doing, right out to the running back right now. Now you give your running back two or three, four extra extra yards because now you're getting into Kareem Hunt, you're getting into Jerome Ford, and they're getting the opportunity to make people miss and, and get just move the sticks. So those things, those little small details, the devil's in the details. And Joe's doing all the small things, which is, is really making the offense move and, and getting them in a good position. I think there's one stat that for me drives home what he's been able to do. Go back to Brian Seip and count in your head the number of quarterbacks this team has had. You can't. You'd lose track at 30. <laughs> he's the first quarterback since Brian Seip to have three touchdown passes in a game of 30-plus yards. Since 1980. Like, you literally have to stop and say, wait a minute. What? With all the quarterbacks, Bernie, all of the – I mean, I know there's been a lot of bad quarterback play. But I would like to go back to that Sype game and see those throws. And this is to take nothing away from Joe. These dudes are wide open. Wide open. And it's not that he's throwing these great passes 30 and 40 no, yards. No, it's not. It's simple plays that are turning into home runs because – there ain't nobody around. Well, these isn't guys. that his veteran eyes dissecting Absolutely. defenses? Absolutely, it's great seeing, play oh, calling. Oh, oh, you're going to give me the left quadrant of the field? I got this. Nuggets, put it's, that back up. You, you see that that last graphic? You which see one? It. With when, the three touchdowns against the yes. Bulls? Yes. When you got DTR and why I said give me Joe all day, and be, besides DTR, I like DTR. I gave him his nickname. But this is the stat: three touchdowns versus the Blitz. Instead of Joe being flustered, not understanding the Blitz is coming, getting sacked, doing stuff. He, he, he wants to blitz. Sure. That's where you come up with when they say, you can't blitz that guy. Don't blitz him because he's going to find. He, he finds the open guy versus, versus the blitz. And that's the biggest difference between a veteran and a young quarterback. He makes you pay when you blitz. Yeah. So now you got to think about it. Do I want to blitz Joe Flacco? Because he's a little more mobile than I thought. He, and, he to, the side. and to your point, when you blitz him, you open yourself up. To, he's going to find whoever it is is open and on busted coverage. This He's is going to be one of my, uh, my McNugget stats, but I'll, I'll give it to you now because it's this good, and G, you brought it up. His actual numbers against the Blitz on Sunday, 9 for 12, 182 yards, three touchdowns, and a perfect passer rating. Now, the, the only problem with that is Houston gets those numbers too, and so does Chicago. the Jets and Chicago, Chicago and Cincinnati. So for me, uh, it tells me he's going to – and this is, this is the way of the league. This is football. When there's a book on you, not that there wasn't already a book on him, but I think the NFL had figured, oh, Father Time caught up to him on the couch. Let's throw the blitzes at him. I think moving forward from here, you're going to see a lot smaller blitz rate against Joe Flacco I don't, because that's how he's been beating teams. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I think each team is not going to – teams do what if – it, if it's a strength of a team, they're going to do it. They're not going to change it because so far in two games – Joe Flacco has had success against the Blitz. Every team thinks they could do it better or do it a different way. Oh, good. I, Keep doing it. I hope they do. But I don't think they're that dumb. 
I don't think that makes you dumb. It's been, I think if you look it's at the not tape enough and of you a say, sample size. how is he beating us? He's clearly beating teams when they're sending the extra man. So, p- please, please, keep doing it. I'm mm. begging you, Chicago, bring the house. Houston, bring it. I don't Everybody. know. Careful what you wish for. No, bring it. He'll find it. The line, you know what's crazy to me, I think, and we're going to get to the line, but if you're looking for the real unsung hero in all of this, it's every man that's played all the snaps that has been the offensive line for the Browns in 2023. Because how they're keeping him upright, it's a miracle. Now, I know that they're jumping and they're moving and they're stupid penalties and all of that, but it just drives home Bill Callahan's strength. And I, the, the offensive line had to play as well as they did yesterday, or it's not a win. And I, give, I credit them a lot for what, James, what the Browns were able to accomplish. James Hudson is awful at right tackle, oh, but the God. rest of the O-line is, is playing really well. Oh, my God. Listen, Thankfully, we don't see him that much. Yeah. Leatherwood cannot be that bad. He cannot I don't know, be. Man. He must be. He's he, a first-round pick, and he can't even get off the practice I squad. don't understand it. James Hudson is just moving around. Like, what are you doing? When is Jed? Uh, I can't believe I'm asking this for is Jed crazy. Back, but when is he eligible to come off IR? Is it this week? God, it's got to be close. Four weeks, right? It's got to be. Has he missed four close. games already? Uh, I'll double check. Yeah. Jason, you were in the locker room, though. What were the other guys saying about Joe Flacco and what he did on Sunday? Love him. They, they, you know, the guys I talked to thought he – I think everyone's surprised by this. No one really knew what to expect. No one knew what he had left. And he's just sort of come in and, and taken everything by storm. And, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to one guy. We were talking about Trevor Lawrence earlier who said, there ain't no way that's a high ankle sprain. I don't know what he had, but – this guy was talking. He's like, I've had high ankle sprains. You can't move like that. Well, was he taped? So, These guys saw the tape job, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but in terms of, I, I just popped into my head, but in terms of how they responded to Flacco, again, it goes back to they feel like they know where the ball's going to be. They know the ball's going to be in the right spot. And it's going to be on time and on target. He's going to get it out quick for the most part. He had the fumble when he needed awesome. to get out a little bit faster. And even Flacco said that. He said, you know, he, with the touchdown pass, he felt like, he, he felt it coming, and he knew to shift to the right and make the throw. And he said, but as soon as I say that, you know, I got blitz from the right side and lost the ball when it was right there in front of me. So, yeah. you know, there's still kinks to work out. The more reps he gets, the better he's going to be. We can talk about practice reps and all that and how important they are. And I expect him I expect him to continue to play at this level. I, I think he can. But, again, you're just sort of holding your breath and going, boy, I, I hope this lasts. I hope this lasts. I don't know how many magic beans are left in the pocket. But to this point, he's just been terrific. Bears you, had a, they play the Bears next week. Bears had a nice win over the Lions yesterday, which was you know, funny. The, the uh, with the exception of Houston, the teams that are left on the Browns schedule, all you know, three of the four had really nice wins yesterday. The Jets, uh, yeah. I mean, granted, you know, he was playing a team that was pretty dinged up, but the Jets, the Bengals, and uh, and, and the, Bears. Uh, the Bears, all of a sudden, the, those aren't slam dunk easy wins. All of a sudden. I was going to ask this question, Jason. Um, how how many more games do you need to see before you feel like this is sustainable? I can't believe this. Well, I think we think that now. Like okay. you, you have that hope now. But you're not okay. Let me rephrase it. When will you stop holding your breath? When the season's over. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, hope's not a plan. Remember, it's a different year, and who knows? Maybe Joe Flacco's going to play eight straight games. Maybe they're going to the Super Bowl. Who the hell knows? But this has been such a wacky year, I can't put anything past anybody. I I, I don't know who's going to win the AFC. You know, but, we thought the AFC was going to be the class. We were like, well, who the hell's going to be good in the NFC? Yeah. The NFC's got the top three records. 
crazy. Yeah. Philadelphia looks terrible right now. The last they two do, weeks they've got. But slow. I mean, they're still. Part but of San the Fran and Dallas look like the two best teams in football right yeah. now. Unbelievable. Although Baltimore, even though it was a wild game. I think Baltimore is the best team in the AFC right now. But hey, but, look at look at all the playoff teams, the AFC yeah. and NFC. Every team in the playoffs that the Browns have played, they've beaten. Every team. Yeah. Now, they lost to Baltimore and they lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah. But they also beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They beat San Francisco. They beat uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So, every team right now that's in a playoff spot, the right. Browns have beaten them this year. And, and Jacksonville, look, they're a division leader. Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he was that hobbled. I mean, he may have been 85, 90%, but the team you saw in Jacksonville is the team you will see come playoff time. That could well, be a rematch, by the way, in a month. Yep. That, that could well, yeah, they're also missing a good games. receiver. Jay, a really yes, good receiver. Anything could be a rematch at this but, point. No, but I'm just saying, as it, as it is right now, Jacksonville's four in the Browns Yeah, but we're five. so, yeah. I mean. I know. It's, it's, but, you know. But the Jacksonville, well, I shouldn't the, say that. Right now, right now, the Bengals and the Bills are 10 and 11. Would it surprise you if either of those teams made the playoffs? Because it wouldn't surprise me. Because kind of Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh's going <laughs> going Pittsburgh's down the going the wrong way. I, were I, you, I, when you guys watched Buffalo Kansas City last night, were you rooting for one team over the other? I was rooting for Kansas City. I want the death knell on Buffalo. I kind of I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I kind of agree with you because they scare me, man. I don't want them in the playoffs. I don't want Cincinnati. I mean, if you the wanna, way Browning's playing, if, I don't want Cincinnati. If you if you want to look at the, the scatter charts of of EPA, Buffalo might be the best team in the AFC. And yeah. they're not. Yeah, even Josh Allen's having a good year, despite pop, popular criticism. Did you see what happened in Buffalo last week with the, that article that came out on Sean McDermott? Yeah, Woo! yeah, yeah we'll, that was. We'll stupid. get to that at not a victory Monday. That, that, yeah. That yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, not a victory Monday. Day. We're gonna talk a little bit about the Browns' defense, but first, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel, and right now, new customers get hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is simple to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL We'll talk more Stefanski in a little bit. We'll talk more Flacco. We'll talk about the Davids going off. But let's talk about the defense first, guys. Four turnovers, Emerson. Mike, Newsom. real quick, before yes. you get to the defense, I just want to mention with FanDuel, Browns are a three-point favorite. They open as a three-point favorite at home against the Bears. Thank you for that, Both Three-point yeah. favorite. If you're going to bet, make sure you send that. us Ooh, a ticket. I'd, that's stealing. Yeah. But uh, the defense, four turnovers, three interceptions, two from Newsom, uh, two from Emerson, excuse me, one from Newsom, Miles Garrett, Played better than last week. Got a sack in the two-point conversion. What were your overall thoughts on how the Browns' defense performed against a Jacksonville offense? Missing some pieces, but still pretty dangerous. Solid. Again, too many points allowed, but I don't. All, all of them obviously weren't on the defense. I was a little disappointed that when Jacksonville needed that last score, um, you know, I wasn't ready to say this game was over. I don't know if you guys were, just yeah. because I've seen that movie played out. Oh no, before. I said it was, I, the the fans, <laughs> our fans on the text were going nuts because I said that's it, game over. They yeah, said you I can't felt, say that. I said yes, I, I can. I no, felt like this it was game, game is over. Yeah, over. Yeah, you can't say that because well, we did just last year. <laughs> we were right. Yeah. yeah, and just last year everybody said game over and it wasn't. It's still the Browns. No, I know that. Um, I was just disappointed that they gave up that last score. Um, I, I, I wanted them to just make it simple. Just do what they did the previous possession I, 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 and force I, them to, to give the ball I, away. I, I thought that was a bad pass interference call. That, that kind of oh, stuff up terrible. on the goal line. So. Terrible. The Browns played very soft on that last possession. Uh, you they know, didn't. I don't want them to play soft. Three even the, if they thought the game was in. Three of the four Jaguars touchdowns were on the soft final drive, and the other two 
were short fields. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, the short turnovers. field stuff was... I thought yeah. overall, despite, like, if you just saw the score, you'd say, oh, the defense didn't play very well. I actually thought the defense played did, very I'm well. I thought the defense played Despite the score. Well. And, I like, in the end, I don't... This is... It, and I'm glad we've gotten to this point because for so many years, the Browns were so bad that none of this mattered. But the Browns won. In the end, that's all that matters. That, like, how many points the defense gave up? The defense is smarting right now. Miles Garrett, I know he was a little better. He still wasn't a big factor in this game. Technically, it's a stupid rule. He doesn't get a sack because it was a two-point conversion. Yeah, I don't understand off, that either. Which is a dumb rule, but it is play. what it is. He still wasn't a big factor in this game, but it was progress from last week. You still didn't have Denzel Ward, and, and I thought what was huge is that I thought it was Greg Newsom's best game outside I've ever seen him play, or at least in the last couple of years. I thought he played extremely well in this game. He got humiliated last week. Yep. He took it personally, and he played his ass off this week. I thought he played very well. We saw a couple of guys we had seen nothing from recently, like Maurice Hurst had an impact in this game, and he hadn't done anything of late. So you think about this. Grant Delpit gets hurt. Juan Thornhill's a late scratch. No Denzel Ward. I thought the defense played very well, considering everything they had to deal with. What do you give him? I give him an A minus. Oh wow! Yeah, I, 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 I agree, Bull. Like I think that earlier in the year we were looking at the numbers and we looked looked at oh how many yards you're giving up, how many points you're right, giving right, up, right. and we were like oh this team is great. But the one thing that we kept talking about is they ain't get no turnovers, no turnovers, got to force turnovers. They give you four of them. Yeah, like they give you four of them, and a lot of those turnovers gave you the ball back after your team gave the ball That's away. That's right. So they did a really nice job. I thought that Martin Emerson, he he made it. He trying to make a case not for just the Pro Bowl. He's trying to make his case for All Pro. I thought he played a heck of a game. He came up on the run support. He had a really nice tackle and a little quick screen. Two uh, two picks, three pass breakups on one man to man coverage. Thought he played his tail off, and you got to think about the other guys. I thought you, you were dead spot on with Newsom. Best game he's yeah. played so so far. And by the way, people stepping up little small stuff. Ronnie Hickman yeah. thought he showed up and showed that hey, we can we can play without our some of our main guys back there. And then and then one of the, the last thing here, Hopkins hit a 55 yarder. That was so underrated. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. That was super underrated right As there. Darius Smith scores. had his first sack in forever. After that was getting called too. out. Yeah. I thought they I thought they were opportunistic. Yeah. And, and I think that I think the announcers did a good job of saying this. The Browns on defense, a sign of a good defense is they can beat you anyway. They can beat you with interceptions. They can beat you with sacks. They can beat you with stopping a the run. They can beat you with stopping the pass. They just beat them basically because yeah. they had way too many turnovers, and that's a sign of a good team that could play And, and you're ways. facing a really good quarterback. I know he wasn't yeah. 100%. Like, you can't – early in the year, we got we got caught up in this all-time great – obviously, the Browns are not an all-time great defense. They're a very good defense that's dealing with injuries. We can't compare it to what we saw earlier in the year when they were completely healthy, right? It's different now. You, and, and you give credit to the quarterback, who, even though he threw three picks – you know he's a good he's a really good player. So you're not you're not going to shut out the uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and, and by the way, something the Browns have been very bad at the last few weeks, last month really, stopping the run. The Jags couldn't run the ball at all in this game. I'm surprised Etienne. I, I don't think he finished the game, but a buddy of mine that covers Jacksonville said Etienne's probably not going to play Saturday. He sent that to yeah, me. Yeah, he was fighting injury. Yeah, I didn't realize how he said it's bad. <clears throat> and he said you've got two guys right now that are yeah. gutting through not just injuries but painful injuries. And you could tell that ETN was not right uh, just by the way he was running and 
trying to, uh, at some point, avoid contact when he probably otherwise would have ran to it. Um, I did think they caught a little bit of an vi- uh, injury break, but hey, I'm not apologizing for that. Oh. The Browns have given teams injury breaks all season long. I, I-, I give them a solid B+. I just, I- again, um, and I know that you guys thought that the game was milked away, but there was drama. And whenever there's drama, I want the defense to stand up and, and at least keep the team out of the end zone. I thought they were going to make them settle for a field goal there because either way, you got to get a score. Uh, I just, you know, I, I wanted to see a big stand on that last drive, force them to turn it over on downs like they had the previous drive. But all in all, I mean, whenever you yeah. come up with four interceptions, you can't fault the effort of the defense. I do yeah. think Miles, to me, Miles looked closer to Miles Garrett than he did la- last week. I it was just, I think he's hurting. I think he is definitely hurting. It was no better. Question, he's hurting. I don't think it was, but close I, to I thought his effort yeah. this week was better than it was last week. I just thought there were a lot of plays where he was close to getting home. I didn't really see that a lot out in Los did, Angeles. McNuggets, so. did you see that? I, I think I was watching last night, uh, PFF. Did you see the PFF grade where they said Miles Garrett like had a 39% um, pressure rating? Once Blake Hans came in. Yeah. like yeah. So Remember what, Blake Hans who was on the yeah, Browns? He was with us. When, when Ezra Cleveland got hurt, they put Blake Hans in, and that's when Miles Garrett really he played better from yeah. there because Blake Hans is not a starting yeah, caliber I think Blake held him every single play. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're like, I, I was looking at By the that way, matchup in particular, and I'm like, why are, why are there not yellow flags oh, all Jay, over the field? I'll put a pin in that because we're going to get to that in one second. Right. One, one more thing on defense, Mike. And uh, then I have a Miles Garrett question, then we'll do officiating. Yeah, the, uh, the Jaguars had one massive advantage that they took advantage of. Uh, Evan Ingram's an excellent tight end. The Browns had their safeties out, right? Yep. And so he was able to take it. You can't. Backup safeties on Evan Ingram is a, is a tough matchup, and he took advantage of that, and they were able to do that. He had a, a monster game. But uh, besides that, I mean, you know, nobody else on Jacksonville besides Ingram had a, a, a great game. No, a couple things on the defense. One, I thought it was – I texted this with our subscribers. I thought it was a major tell on third and inches from their own 15. They took the deep shot. That's when Newsom had the yeah, pick yeah. because they knew we can't move the ball. No. That's why I thought the defense was playing well. They got, right. the, they got the scores on the short fields, but otherwise, until late in the game, Jacksonville, to me, didn't feel like they could move the ball on the Browns, right. which is why they took that ridiculous deep shot. Yeah. Yeah. Third and inches. And you can't go for it on fourth down when you're on your own 15. Nope. If you don't get it there, you have to punt. And yet they still took that massive deep shot. And for the Browns defense to respond the way, like we all thought, I had Denzel Ward as my most important player. We all thought Denzel was going to play. Yeah. And then Denzel again is inactive. I was told that it's just a medical issue. They can't, they can't get him cleared because it's a range of motion issue in the shoulder. And obviously, he's a cornerback. you got to be able to move your shoulder. It's right. Like, so, I don't, I don't know with him. I don't know. I would hope to see, we see him next week. But this has obviously been a slow recovery. And then Juan Thornhill tweaks his calf again pregame. That was a total surprise. Yeah. And, you know, minutes before the game, now he's scratched and can't go. And, and yet, they continue to pivot and they continue to adjust. So, just a terrific job by the defense. Yeah. No matter who's out there, they keep finding ways to get it done. Good news next week, the Bears are not much of a passing team. Yeah. I mean, but they do have DJ Moore, who's good. Well, but to your point that the teams that have hurt the Browns this with year with the running quarterbacks. The teams with the running quarterbacks. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen yesterday because he wasn't able to run. But right. typically, the running quarterbacks have given the Brown fits. And, you know, let's just hope that well, you can't lose to the Bears. Not now. No. Not after that win not yesterday. Coming off you this. give back no. all of your goodwill. For By the way, game. I was looking at the uh, – you want me to hold this mic? I was going to talk about some of the playoff tiebreakers. Yeah, hold that for All a right, sec. But yeah. one thing on Miles Garrett, then we'll talk about the officiating because Miles isn't the only one with a gripe coming out of yesterday's games. But, G, you mentioned Miles with the pass rush rate. I don't have the exact numbers. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and find it. 
there did feel like three or four plays yesterday where Miles was a split second away yeah. Yeah. from causing complete right chaos. And he gets credit with the pressures. And you look at last week versus this week, different game plans, different tackles he was going against. But he made more of an impact, not just by the eye test, but by the box score as well. And it seemed like yeah. by just a smidge, like literally a hair, he was away from doing what Antonio Johnson did to Joe Flacco, but on the other side to Trevor Lawrence. As for the officiating, Jay, we have the clip from Miles Garrett if we want to play it. And Miles Garrett, if you didn't hear, you'll hear in a sec, was not pleased with how the officials operated against him. We have two separate clips. This first is on the officials as a whole, and the second is on how he specifically is getting when, officiated. When you listen to this, hear Pink Floyd's money in your head because uh, it's going to cost Miles Garrett some cash. But he, I'm, He's sure got he it. Weighed, I'm sure he weighed that risk and said, you know what, I'll write the check gladly. So, so we have two clips. So we'll play the first, then I'll introduce the second. But All these right. are both Miles Garrett, and these are from Scott Petrak, who was at the game in the locker room talk, or at the press conference talking to Miles after. Here's the first one, Miles on officiating as a whole. That was well. You know, you, you can't make it harder by, you know, you know throwing, you know, holding your hands to the face you know, off the rule book. And, you know, like I said, I got a lot of respect for those guys. But, uh, you know, we get scrutinized for the plays that we don't make. So, you know, someone has to hold them accountable for the plays or the, the calls they don't make. And, you know, they need to be under the, the same kind of microscope as, as we are every single play. My and here's the second clip. This is on how Miles himself feels he specifically is being taken advantage of by offensive linemen and the officials. Ant, when you're ready, you can play that clip. I don't want to say like what, what Watt said, you know, the official got something against me, but shoot, close enough, this, this hacker chat crap got to stop. You know, this, you know, y'all as dominant. Um, as we've seen, and we're going to let them you know, get away with pretty much pretty much anything. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, you can't just let a guy, you know, put his put his you know, fingers in your, your, your face mask and push your head up or you know, grab you around the, you know, the, the back of your collar or you know, well, he's out of position so he's going to snatch you from the front. You know, all that stuff, you know, we see, but we, we try to promote you know, the offensive game. You know, it's it's got to be called fair both ways. I don't, you know, I don't care about any, any of that. You know. Offensive defense has to be up, you know, held to the same standard in more ways than one. So, guys... Thoughts? Does Miles have a point, or is he yapping just to yap? No, he's got a point. Absolutely, he's got a point. He's probably held on almost every play. And, I, you know, he mentioned the hack-a-shack, and it's funny because, you know, when I was covering the NBA, they would talk about, like, LeBron and Shaq would get fouled every time they're in the paint, but they're not going to call it every time. And right. I'm sure it's the same thing. Well, LeBron like, wants it called every time. Well, he wants <laughs> it called. But in Miles, it's the same way. Like, I'm sure they're telling these guys, just hold them. Hold them, grab them, do whatever sure. you have to do. They're not going to call it every time. They may get you once in a while. But they're, they're not going to call it on every play. But what he's doing is he's shining a light on it now. And he's probably going to get – I bet she's going to get more calls next Squeaky week Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yes. Yeah. I and agree with that. It, it may cost you twenty five grand or fifty grand or whatever it is. It's light. But if you get – with what he's making, if you get an extra holding call or two at the right time, it's worth it. Because then, you know, if they call it a couple more times, then maybe it doesn't happen I also – it wasn't just about yesterday's game. You know, yesterday's game, there were some times where he was being egregiously held. Where I, I understand you can call holding on every play, but there are certain times where it jumps off your screen and you jump up and you're pointing, hold, hold, hold. That's happening far too often, not just in yesterday's game, but for the season. And I think you're looking at a guy who's making a run at Defensive Player of the Year. 
And I think that he realizes that he is being officiated differently from other guys. Maybe not differently than the league's top guys. Because if you watch those guys too, they're held a lot with no calls. But I'm glad that he shined the light on this particular issue. Andy Reid did it as well. And if you talk about officiating in the macro, you're always going to have missed calls. It's inherent. You're always, always going to have calls that are missed. I know Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were going nuts over the offensive uh, offsides call, particularly when it worked for a touchdown. It was such a brilliant play. There was no question he was offsides. Right. I mean, if you want to moan and complain, complain at Tony for not knowing how to line up the on a simple play. I, I, listen, I guess the complaint is uh, wide receivers will often look to the sideline to get the okay that they're not offsides or whatever. He did they, not do that. He claims he did, yeah, or I, they claim he did. The referee said he didn't. Who knows? He was offsides. I don't care. Generally, I find uh, complaining about officials annoying and a nuisance. Fans always complain about officials. Fans always think their team is getting screwed by the officials. Fans always say that without any facts to back it up. Miles Garrett it makes sense because, as we said, the squeaky wheel gets to grease. He might get some calls go his way this week. All the best pass rushers get held all the time. He's not the only one. He's one of the best. As you said, Jay, Watt, all these guys, they get held a lot. It doesn't get called. They're not picking on Miles Garrett specifically. I think the better you are, the more the likely more they are to ignore the call. Exactly. Well, because you're dominating so often, it right. happens so often. Yep. And it's another. And let's face it, we may complain we want more calls, but we all hate when there's flags on every play. It drives you crazy. Yeah. So, listen, the, the officials, I think, do a, a good job overall. It's easy for us sitting at home with high def and slow motion to say calls are bad. I think, by and large, they do a good job. It usually balances itself out. We all, Again, you always think your team's getting screwed, but probably they're not. I actually think that that is what makes the officiating look worse than it is. There's more cameras and more angles sure. than ever before. Right. Yeah. And, and that, the definition of the picture is better. Least, yeah. The slow motion is right. better. And it's great for getting calls, right, if you, if you can challenge and everything, but it makes the officiating in real – I mean, these guys have to make calls like that, and it's – until you're on the field, it is unbelievable how fast these guys are moving. No. It's incredible yeah. that they get it's as many tough. calls as I, I'm way more bothered by uh, – I'm not as bothered by a missed call as I am when they call something that didn't happen. Yeah. Like there's a phantom holding call or a, sure. a or phantom – Or Amari Cooper pa- stepping out of power. Right, exactly. <laughs> that drives me really crazy because now you've called something you couldn't have possibly seen because it didn't happen. And there's been a lot of picked up flags the last couple of weeks I've noticed in general. Which is good. Someone pointed it out to yeah. me, and now since they pointed it out to me, I'm like, you know what? You're right. A lot of laundry, and then the next thing you hear is there's no flag on the mm-hmm. play. What that tells me is someone saw something Man, sometimes and got it, talked out of it, yeah. which they, maybe – there were two officials that said, no, I was on it. It was it was good. I think it's good that they're talking about these things. I think the replay – gee, I'm sorry. Let me, let me finish this and then go. I think replay in a perfect world – I don't know why they don't do this. The replay shouldn't be about this is reviewable and this is not. The replay should be if there's an obvious bad call and you could correct it in 30 seconds or left, you correct well, it. Well, then obvious you can't, becomes you can't. subjective. Yeah, well, ob- obvious. What's obvious to what's you? Obvi- well, you I'm know. not the official. What's right. obvious to the guy in the booth watching the game. Right. They have all this technology. We can see it at home if it's an obvious mistake. If it's borderline and you can't do it in 30 seconds, the call stands, move on. Go. One of the things, though, that makes me lose faith in the obvious is sometimes they show a replay and it's obvious on the first replay and there's 
five minutes later, they're looking at six different yeah, angles. You're like, what's taking so I long? Well, 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 the reality of it is these referees sometimes anticipate calls. Yeah, yes. You're anticipating, oh, that kind of looked like this is a place where I've seen holding take place. Hate but, that. And you're moving around, and then all of a sudden the flag comes. Sometimes I think people that like the game of football, we get frustrated because we're sitting there watching the game. And we, we don't want the game to be about the flags. Like, nowadays, guys are throwing the football up. It's third and 16. Right. They're throwing the football up, and they know you're not trying to really complete that. They're throwing it in double coverage to see if you get some contact. That's right. And it's a spot foul. I hate that. But in terms of Miles Garrett, I'll tell you what. Good job, big homie. Listen, yeah. y'all got all that money. I would have a, a call out the referee kitty fund. I got all kind of money right here yeah. in the pot for you. I would call, he should be doing that two, three times a year, telling them how bad. Well, the only problem with that, the next time the fine goes way up. He don't care. Like yeah. the, he, they spent. He's 20, got multi million. They spent twenty five thousand in the club. That's, I mean, that's just on bottles of champagne. He doesn't that, have Shohei Otani money, but he's got money. That, that 100 plus million, 25, 35, 45, and he's single. He don't even got his wife to tell that's him, true. don't you better shut that's your mouth. Guy. By the way, when you <laughs> say kids, because you say like a $100,000 fine, you're like, well, there goes an Ivy League there, there uh, year of tuition. Gee, that's exactly the anticipation fouls when it doesn't happen. That's yeah. what drives me crazy. It's even worse in the NBA. Yes. That happens oh, yeah. all the time yeah, in the does. NBA. It sucks. It does. Well, a lot of times, too, I've noticed that receivers are on third. It's funny on third and 18. You don't need a pass interference. A holding will work. And and that's what drives you nuts. Because, oh, now there's a hold call. Now it's an automatic first down. And yeah. what I've noticed a lot more of this year mm. than any year in the past, and I'd seen it in past years, the wide receivers now are trained to get in tight to that defensive back and then throw your arm up in the air. Like, this, like oh, he kept me from going in the direction I wanted to go. And then it's you like see a flop the flag in the out. NFL. It's the exactly NBA. like a flop. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. I know. Just because he threw his arm up doesn't mean that he was held. Yeah. So, but you're right on the calls. We have so many angles. Everything now looks like you can yeah. you can determine. But we have slow motion and yeah. 15 cameras to work with. It's not an easy job, man. No. I wouldn't want to do it for anything. I would not want to be an yeah. NFL official. Yeah. We're gonna move on, guys. And before we do, I do have a special announcement, real quick. And on Thursday night at 7 p.m., you guys have asked for a live remote show. Well, we're bringing that to you. We will be live at Caesars at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse at 7 p.m. for a live Cavs watch party. The Monsters are playing that night. Myself, Earl, G, Ant, Jason, and Bull. It's a little behind-the-glass crossover combo at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. We'll have more information on our Twitter. Make sure you guys come out, hang out with us. And if you're watching the show today, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We appreciate you guys through and through for showing up. Everybody has to join us. All the fans that have wanted to meet some of the guys from the show, you have to join us. It's this Thursday night, 7 to 10. We're going to all take – we're going to rotate being kind of on air and then schmoozing with fans throughout that time. As you said, it'll be six of us there. No Tyvis? Uh, I mean, it's a late night for Tyvis driving Uh, back. And I can as well. No Tyvis, no Jay. But everybody else will be there, and we're going to rotate in and out, and we're going to meet. And so everybody, come on down. We're in the sports book, right? We're not, we're, we're not in the yeah. arena. We're in the we're sports in, book. Right. Just use the Sherman Williams entrance. Just use the Sherman Williams entrance, and you are good. Come hang out with us. Which we'll means you don't need a ticket. You don't yeah. need tickets to the so, game. Just come and hang with us. It's going to be a great crazy. time. Thursday night, 7 to Are 10 you going to have some swag to throw out to the crowd? Yeah, I might have a couple things with me. Don't. See, I wish I'd have told me that in advance. So I'll be yeah, I, I might got a couple pieces. We see what we All do. All right. See what so you come on. Do. Hang out with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We promise. The unsung hero, Jay, you mentioned him earlier. The offensive line did a phenomenal job keeping Joe Flacco upright. 
Not as well in the run game. The run game's gone a little MIA, as G. Bush said earlier, but we mentioned Joe Flacco's lack of mobility in comparison to guys who are elite escape artists, but he hasn't had to escape, frankly, that often in two games because the offensive line, even with backup tackles on each side, has been really damn good. So how do you explain the progress and the success in pass protection and the lack of success in the running game? Well, they don't have good running backs. I mean, that's that's part of why they're not good in the running game. But I don't know. Jerome Ford, to me, is a good running back. Jerome Ford. I've got be, Jerome Ford is a good running Jerome back. Jerome Ford be twinkle toes. He, 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 he's about to be on Dancing with the Stars. I, 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 I'm not choosing violence. Here's what, here's here's what bothers this. me about Jerome Ford. I mean, it would, we all agree he's the team's best running back, wouldn't we? Well, I mean, he may. I mean, I don't know. I think, okay, yes. no, no, who is? So let th- me ask it this I way. Know, I think guess, who is this I team's best running back? If given his carries, I think Pierre Strong can be better than Jerome Ford. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, he might get him because Jerome Ford left with a club on his right hand. It was. Yeah, yeah he, he had was, x-rays after yep. the game, they don't and have, his hand was heavily, listen, heavily wrapped. We've seen running backs, though, play before with the broken hand. Yeah, it's, we'll, it's we'll get an update this week. I just don't think their running game is very good. I not thought it was very good the whole year. No, I haven't thought so either. Here's the numbers on Ford, because I wasn't sure, and I'm like, you know, are they not using him enough? What's going on? 166 carries for just under 700 yards. He's averaging 4.2. Uh, here's where I get a little lost in the soup on the usage of Ford. I, 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 the reason I ask is he your number one running back. I wanted to make sure it was it that we're clearly saying that he is. I mean, to me, he's clearly their best running back. I think that situationally, you can argue who's more important. I think what Hunt's bringing and how efficient he is for what he needs to do, and those are some of the toughest yards to get, I think he's filling a role very well. He's a short yardage back. He's a goal line back. He finds the end zone, scores touchdowns. But for me, with Ford, if how many carries should a number one running back get? Is there a number he's that you guys have? He's not a traditional number one running back. No, but he's this team's number one running. Yeah, so, but, I mean, but it, Jay, Jay, there's only about 10, like, true number one running backs. No, Bull, not Bull I'm not guys. talking about number ones in the league. I'm talking yeah. about a team's best running back. I know, but there's a lot of teams now that don't have a legitimate number one like the Browns. Well, every team has carries. a number one running back. Every team does, whether you want to admit whether or not they're a one. They're, every I, team has a number one running back. I, I, I honestly, I think he's good for 12 carries, 12 to 15 carries. Yeah. I don't want him he's to get currently over the last, this is what's troubling to me over the last three. He's touched it 30 times. Why would that be troubling? They've won two of their last three games. They have? Yes. Oh, uh, no, they lost They're two one and two. That's now. why oh, it's yeah, troubling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so, but they won so, their last game. Uh, what, what, You're right. But, but what, what, what I, 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 don't, just, I don't look at Jerome Ford as a home run hitter. As a, he's as a play, he's got as a playmaker who has to have the ball in his hands. But but these numbers are served more than serviceable. He's thirty carries over three games for hundred and thirty five yards, and he's averaging four and a half yards per carry over the last I, three games. I just I, want to I, see him get more involved. I, I, That's I, it. I look at it when I, you go to the all twenty two. He does give you um, some splash plays. I don't necessarily think he's a home run hitter. But sometimes you get intoxicated with that. If he can give you a 60-yard play, you say, okay, well, let's fill out and see if he can get some more touches and we can maybe get a home run because the offense is, is built on we're not going to get 40 points a game. However, he also gives you four to five plays where they're negative plays. More at least. And, and those negative plays. Barry Sanders gave you a lot too. But I mean, Jerome <laughs> Ford is not Barry Sanders. Uh, no, but here's the thing. He is not. You give me <laughs> well, negative plays. Don't ever plays. put those two names in the same sentence <laughs> again. You give me negative plays 
And and I agree, there are. But you're still averaging four and a half. Jay, he's one I'm of, okay with four and a half. He's one of the least he, efficient he, running backs in the league. He has. No, he's a, not. He, he he's has. 16th. He got issues. I, I watch the, I'm like, listen, there's times where there's two or three yards that yeah. are there. Running backs coaches will tell you, if the two or three are there, put your foot in the ground, get forward. He does a lot of lateral east and west stuff, and he's he's taking losses too much. You can't do that, especially with this type of offense. Yeah. I think he's not very, and I don't even like, I can't believe I'm saying this word. You guys can have it. He's not very efficient. He's I got to put the quotes on it because yeah. I'm gonna be using this. Four and a half yards per carry is not that efficient. That doesn't show his efficiency. He, he, well, he because it? when you have one, well, you've been arguing for a month that yards per carry doesn't matter. All that matters is total yards. But now when it yes. benefits you, and you're going to use it. No, 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 no. I yes, still yes, say yes, that. Yes. No, no, no. Yes. No, I, I'm going to tell you that yeah. what I've been arguing. I'm going to. I'm still arguing that. Yeah. Uh, I thought that. And and you're I, the I, only I, person who thinks he's good. No, I'm not. Um, Does anybody else here think Jerome Ford's I remember good? earlier this okay. year okay. when we had a running game okay. discussion. Okay. Yeah. What Leroy Horde said, I think, I think it was after a particular bad game on yards per carry. And he said, no, 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 no. That's not how you look at the running game. Yeah. The way you look at the running game, and I still say this, and there were, again, yesterday situations where you just run the ball. Why they were throwing to stop the clock and give Jacksonville an easy timeout with three minutes to go. I don't understand that. Particularly when you end up three and out anyhow. Are we really going to talk about play calling off, no, I'm not, off a win? I'm I mean, not thinking play calling. Yeah. What I'm saying is, yeah. I think with the run game, if you give your best running back 10 carries a game, I don't think that's enough. The last three games, the Browns yeah. are fifth in the league in pass-to-run distribution. Yeah. They are two and three in those games. Yeah. I, so I just, it's, it's not off by a lot, it's off by enough where I just think they've given up on the run as a whole. Yeah. And don't become one-dimensional. Don't do it. Yeah, I, I, I'm fine with the way they've been splitting it up. I think right now they're a passing team because they're better at passing the ball. Joe Flacco's throwing well. Their offensive line the entire season has been better at pass blocking than run blocking. It's that simple. They've been better at it. They're doing it. This question started with the offensive line. Their tackles can't run block. They have two tackles no. that can't run block, Terrible. and they have a mediocre running back, in my opinion. So that combination leads to them throwing the ball more. Right? You still want have, to see Strong more? I I would like to see him more. I've been saying that all year. I didn't like how he gave they gave him one carry yesterday, and I didn't like well, the they call. Don't, yeah, they don't really I give mean, him anything. I, I don't. What, is he, listen, what can he do? It, I'd that. like to see him more. If they had Nick Chubb, they'd be running it a little more. I, I think it better be. I, I think when you got you got Kareem or Kareem Hunt, and he's on the goal line. They've designated him as their short yardage back. Yeah. Right? Um, because that, that's his niche. And I, I, I'm not going to give, at this point, Kareem Hunt 35 carries. No, that's not, not no, that no, That's not it. So he has a position. So now they're looking at Jerome Ford like, okay, can we use you as an every down back? Now, he's shown some glimpses, and he's been okay at the, in the role. We'll see this week if Pierre's strong. We'll get an opportunity to see what that looks like. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. If he, I'd if, like to see him get 10 carries for one game. Let's just see what it is. It, maybe, maybe they split up that split up those carries. I, I will give it uh, to, to Bull and Jason. The run game has not been – it has left a lot to be, de- 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 to be desired, especially when you're talking about – the outside zone stuff. Their best runs are the inside attack, inside with the guards. Behind Wyatt Teller is their best yeah, run. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's honestly. Yeah, it, the outside stuff ain't yeah. been working. And they, then Posick they, went down. Yeah. I mean, they're a especially run, against Jacksonville. They're, they're a, a good pass blocking offensive line. 
Yeah. They're outside of Teller. They're all better at pass blocking. And Teller's a good pass blocker, but he's a better run blocker. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are all better pass blockers. Flacco's playing well. you got to play to your strength right now. Jerome Ford's not a dynamic player. He's okay. He's fine. He's, okay. he's a nice player, but he's not a great back. He's not a guy you have to get carries no. to. I, I don't see that at all. So uh, I, I have no problem with the, the run being down a little bit the last few weeks. I did have... I did have a problem with it against Denver. That was the only game I didn't like that they didn't use the, the running game enough. You know, when we talk short yardage, yeah, you guys scream and holler about why are they throwing it. I actually, I think that they've gotten this thing to the point now where defenses have no idea what they're going to do in short yardage, which was the whole point of this. And we saw it on the big touchdown throw. You can line I up Harrison. That. I love that alignment. But you can line up Harrison Bryant under center. Yep. You can line up the quarterback and hand to Kareem. You could go, go straight heavy. wildcat. You could go jumbo with nine linemen and still throw the ball to one of the tight ends. Like they are so versatile right now in short yardage. I think they're incredibly dangerous because defenses have no idea what they're going to call on, yeah. on third and one. I think it's a great spot to be they, in. They even use DTR for a quarterback sneak, which I actually yep. thought was good. I, I thought I like the play now. Play. You know, I think, Joe Flacco's, that's not a strength, quarterback sneak. But I, I also think you kind of, you're telegraphing what you're going to do in that situation when he well, comes in. Well, but why he game, can throw it? Just throw like when it. Harrison Barnes comes in, I, I want to see him throw it out of that set. Same with Harrison Barnes. Like, Harrison Bryant. 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 They've got something. Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant. They've got something in the playbook for Bryant to throw the football. Well, I think that you're going to see a DTR package that grows throughout yeah, the rest of the season. Yeah, because now It's in there. It's in the bag. I'd to, like to, to have. And, and yeah. if he's in, it could be run, throw. You don't know what he's going to yeah, do. Yeah. But I, I, I think I'm fairly certain there's more DTR packages to come. Yeah, I, you know. And I'm, I, I'm okay with that. And I might yeah. be able to con- I might concede this. Look, if, if they keep rocking and keep doing this, there might be a chance that the Cleveland Browns go from a running team, and I never thought it would happen. Well, with they Flacco, are now with Flacco at quarterback to a passing team. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, they they finally have a passing quarterback. The, it, it makes much more <laughs> sense to do that with Flacco than it did with the other guys. Uh, but I, why were you having DTR throw it forty eight times a game? That he, in a way, in a way, Kevin. Here's how you know, and I'm gonna just give y'all the, give y'all the crystal ball. Here's how you know when Kevin Stefanski feels good about something. The only time. He's ever shown emotion on that sideline was against Tennessee when Deshaun Watson threw that deep ball mm-hmm. and he chest bumped him on the sideline and he was pumped, fired up. When when Joe Flacco was throwing that ball off the sideline, your boy Safansky was animated yeah. all day. I seen him do the little golf kick. Ooh, yeah. when, when Hopkins finally got it up in there. <laughs> I'm like, look at Safansky. When you have some emotion, Jay, I want to ask you a question. There it about, is. Um, that, um, <laughs> look at that. Little high step. Almost like Dion right there. <laughs> um, He's flashing. Have David you Bell. picked up on anything in the building that the? Uh, if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There's outside influences other than Kevin Stefanski that's pushing the run. 
that's pushing the run. No, I I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Pushing the pass. Yeah, I think if anything, it'd be the opposite. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's they, what I meant. That's they, my bad. Because I, I am hearing from inside the building that this crazy throwing the football around is not Kevin Stefanski's plan. Well, I do think I think two things can be true. I think he'd rather throw it than run it, and I think he's probably getting pressure to do that as well. But I think he's probably in alignment with it. Now, maybe there's instances where he'd rather run it and is being told no throw it. But I, but his nature is very much to throw the football. I think his nature, and you touched on this last week, I think the offense that we're currently seeing is the offense Kevin Stefanski wants to run. Yes, this is. This is what the, Kevin Stefanski is. I texted our subscribers on the opening drive. Like, we've been talking about it. I've been saying it for weeks. Right now, the Browns' offense is heavy sets, screen passes, play action, <laughs> deep shots on third down. And it's working. That's exactly what the opening drive yep, was. To a T. That's what that, real 100%. quick. 100%. Zach just sent me, Zach Jackson just sent me this tweet. I have to read it. It's kind of funny. And this could be a whole other thing that we can worry about on Not a Victory Monday. The Browns paid Deshaun Watson $6.5 million yep. per touchdown pass. <laughs> so far, they're paying Joe Flacco 37000 per touchdown <laughs> uh, We're not going to get on that tangent right now. I'm going to get a fan duel read in and toss it back to you guys. But as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay Extension. red hot on fan duel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining <laughs> FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is simple to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.